0: You guys been watching the rugby lately. Have you flipped over one or two channels? SCAR, BBC, talk about hard times. Guys, these people dying by the thousands. They don't have food, they don't have water. They are dying by the thousands. And I don't mean, I'm not picking either side. But I'm just saying people are dying. Um, And I think uh, we need to keep that in in the front of our thinking that maybe there's a reason all of this is going on. If I said to you this afternoon, do you believe you're ready? What would you say to me for Jesus' return? Are you ready? If he came now, would you go with him? Let's we'll start with the scripture. Matthew 24, verse 36. But about that time or hour, nobody knows. None of us know. It could happen right now. It could happen in a hundred years' time. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Verse 37. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And then they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. In other words, Noah's time, it was business as usual. Like we are now, the way we're living now. And then he came. Then he came. And as I began to prepare for this, I was actually nervous. I was more nervous than I was about the Springboks. I think everyone's got adrenal fatigue after those three games. And so that's why you're all like, Ugh. but I want, I, want, I want you to do that anticipation of winning. That's the anticipation I want you to have for the return of Jesus Christ. It came suddenly and unexpectedly. I had a young man who was uh, in the church I led in Benoni. He was 21. And he got married to a young woman of 20. And they were this beautiful couple. Everyone loved them. They were so they, they, they were just like Patty and I. They loved, everybody loved them. <laughs> no, but they, they really, they were, it was like this match made in heaven. And we all looked at them and we thought, wow, so God, you've put them together and all that sort of stuff. And then there was a guy in our church, a very, very particular person. Every stone in the garden had its place. Everything had to be where it had to be. You couldn't, you couldn't mess around with this stuff. You really wouldn't be happy with you. And he asked this young couple, would you mind looking after my house for a week while I go away on holiday? And so they moved in. <clears throat> and he was due to return on the Friday. And on Thursday lunchtime, Hi guys, we're back. Well, it was a disaster. There was just, I don't want to say young people, but I think I'm right. Young people, they like, when they first get married, they, they've they got no sense of order generally. And there was just stuff all over the place. And he walked into the house and he took one look at all this stuff. And he said to him, guys, and he loved them, mate. Said, guys, I'm going out for lunch. When I get back, make sure this place is ready. Where he went to lunch, and did they get busy? I'm concerned that Jesus is going to catch us like that. That we're not going to be ready. That we, we, we think we're ready. Yes, we've given our life to the Lord. Let me tell you, there's nothing that he doesn't know about. There's nothing. We cannot tell Jesus when he must come back. He's coming when he wants to. Don't come with, I forgot to take my medicine, I didn't sleep well, I didn't know. You better be ready. When Jesus returns, you are going to stand before him. We're going to, first of all, go to another place after a bit of a battle down here. And then we're going to, the battle we see now on the TV is going to be nothing like that battle. And then we're going to go back and stand in front of him. Great white throne judgment. And he's going to have the sheep on one side and the goats on the other side. The reason they call goats is because they always say, but, but, but. There's always an excuse for everything. But you know what? We cannot tell Jesus when he when he comes back. You, you know why? He doesn't even know when he's coming back. When the Father says, now it's time to go, like he came the first time to die for us, this time he's coming back in judgment. And I, I'm actually afraid of that time. I really am. I'm, uh, I spend my times meditating, thinking about it. And as I've seen this war unravel in uh, uh, Israel, it's more and more, it's just like, hey, Lord, we, we need to be ready. We need to be ready. Joshua 1 1, the first thing that he does before he takes them into the, their, their new land is he says, Get ready. I want to ask you tonight are you ready? Are you ready? If, the, if Jesus knocks on the door, are you ready? We need to make ourselves ready. The first area that we make ourselves ready is in our lifestyle. How do we live? How do we live? You know what? The the biggest challenge to being ready is the devil saying, "There's no hurry. There's no hurry. Don't worry. There's no hurry. Uh, there's lots of time to get ready." But one of the ways that we get ready. And for me, I want to look there's to, to be ready, we need to be accountable. How, how am I going to get ready if I don't have you guys speaking to my life? Telling me, Roland, what about that? What about that? Not bringing judgment, just asking the question. 1 John 1 5, it says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. That word darkness means it's associated with wickedness. And it's it's tied together with the resultant misery in hell. That word darkness, that's what it means. If we claim to have fellowship, what is fellowship? Is it when we have coffee in the back there? That's one part of it. Fellowship, remember it like this, fellowship is a place of intimacy. It's where we know each other. So intimacy means, into me you see. Into me you see. You see right into me. You see my best parts. You see my worst parts. You see my dark parts. You see the light parts. And we are able to communicate and speak through that thing in our lives. We are not going. If we if we if we say we don't have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, if that word walking means your life, how you live. We are walking together, we are living together, we we, we are seeing what God is doing together. But if we walk in light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. As we walk together, as we have fellowship together, so as we talk to one another, Jesus comes and purifies. We can't do it. We really cannot do it. We cannot walk alone. We need somebody looking in. And when somebody's looking in, you mustn't tell them everything that you want to tell them, you must allow them to speak into your life. So often, when when people come to you and they say, oh, "I just want to," uh, I just want to uh, talk about myself, and then they'll talk about somebody else. That's gossip. That's not accountability. There's no cleansing that takes place when we gossip. It's actually a I want to say dirtying, I don't know. I can't think of the. But we, we, don't, we don't end up clean, we end up dirty. If we claim to be without sin, because it's always these people that, we, I don't have sin, you have sin. No, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, that word confess means that we admit to what we need to change in our life. Yes, I confess that thing. And then confession is not enough. We have to then make the changes in our life. God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make God out to be a liar and his word is not in us. So to live in the light and walk in the truth We need to live in a place of accountability so that we may be ready. Now, I don't know about you, but accountability, you can't be accountable to yourself. There has to be somebody else. When we first moved to Cape Town, we didn't have a cell phone with maps. So we went and bought a map at the CNA, and we used to plot things on the the map. I tell you, we got it wrong often. So I would try to read the map and drive, and ooh, things would just get nasty. And Patty would say, Stop and ask someone. I said, No, I know where I'm going. Hey, isn't that like that with accountability? No, no, I, I know where I'm going, I, I know what's right. Yeah. So, but we've come to this place now where she gets the phone and gets maps out. And I do the driving. She says left, I go left. She says right, I go right. And the lady tells me as well the American accent, go left. But accountability, navigating, driving, somebody speaking, somebody listening, not the same person speaking all the time, and no one list- and not listening at all. So why must you be accountable? And you know what? Some people think accountability is they just come with their dump truck and they dump all their rubbish on you. That's not accountability. Accountability is when they come to you and say, what do you see in my life that I can change? What do you see that I can change? Is there something that I can change? Jeremiah 17 and verse 9 says, Why must I be accountable? It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Why? Because we are so good at self-justification. I can tell you why I'm not wrong and I am right about everything. But there's no starting point. So we we can't land the thing. One of us is going to be right and the other one's going to also be right. That's a problem. We, there, there has to be change and adjustment that happens. Self-calibration that happens. So, driving along in a car. Patty's car, we're driving along. And we go to change lanes. And you just hear the hooters. Bah, bah. Why has that happen? There's a blind spot there on that car. You can't see that spot on this car. And so uh, you, it makes you nervous because you think, now, hey, I can't see that. So, but you know what is good? It's, she'll say to me, can I go over now? And I'll look. Yes, okay, it's okay. And so because you know what? Blind spots don't only cause us to have accidents. They cause others to have accidents. When we go across in front of them, we end up pushing them off the road. And so that's why we need accountability. When we're losing our lane, when we, we're pushing into someone else's lane, we need them to be able to say to us, Hey, just watch watch this. Let's, let's, let's bring adjustment here. And so we need to be those people that are, are looking for blind spots. We had a car many years ago. It was a little opal, and it had these like orange lights. When, when, when a car came up into the blind spot, the little orange light actually flicked. So it told you that there was a car coming up on the sides. And so for us, that's how we are. We, we are the little orange lights in your life. Hey, be careful. And when somebody says, be careful, don't just get all... How can you, no, just take it, pray about it, think about it. If it's constructive, use it. If it's destructive, push it aside. If we, why must we be accountable? Because, you know what, if you're not accountable, there's coming a day when we're going to stand in front of him and all these things that we don't want people to know, we are go- people are going to find out about them. As Andrew often says, it's going to be a big movie screen. And everything you didn't want people to know is going to make its way to the top of that screen if people are going to be looking. It also, accountability bring, brings us into closer fellowship. I don't know about you, but when I've bumped heads with someone a few times, and we've worked through those things, I learned to trust Him. I, I realize, hey, that person's not going to just accept something if it's not right. But at the same time, if, if they are wrong, they get, um, they're going to allow me to speak back into their life. And so we need, we need to be aware of these things. We need to, uh, it brings us, as I say, it, it says, if we claim to have fellowship with Him, and yet walk in darkness we lie and do not live out the truth but if we walk but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son purifies us from all sin as we walk together the word says iron sharpens iron. And the blood of Christ is there to, to cleanse and to, to uh, purify our relationship. That we walk in a place of health and not being unhealthy. Accountability leads to maturity. How we want people to grow up in the church. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, It says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. You can see Linky and Clara. They still talk like children. I thought like a child. Children think a certain way. Do you agree? I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put ways of childhood behind me. I don't always agree with that. There are people that don't put childhood behind them. He the three pictures of of, uh, maturity. The first one is a little baby. There's quite a few, not yet today, but there are quite a few in the congregation. And they still get a nappy. Now, when that little baby goes, everybody just runs. What's wrong? Is the nappy need changing? Does it need food? Is it thirsty? Everybody. so It's like that in the church. When, when, when somebody first gets saved, when they go, everyone's there. Yeah, what can we do? How can we make it right? And uh, the, the thing for that is I live for myself. If you live for yourself, you're a baby. You're a baby if you live for yourself. The next thing is people that grow up into adolescence. And uh, their thing is dad. If you pay me, I'll wash the car. Not just, I'll wash the car. No, you pay me and I'll wash the car. And then you get people that say, oh, oh you invited me for a meal, now I'll invite you for a meal. That's not maturity, that's adolescence. The problem with those is that babies some, sometimes grow up and they end up going to their matric dance with a nappy because they never move beyond being a baby. Final stage. Adulthood. We live for others. We live for others. We don't live for ourselves. What can I get out of this? No, I live for others. Peter's Peter's doing a, a finance teaching, not because of what he's going to get, because he's getting nothing. But hopefully what he brings to the the table is going to help guys in their lives with their finances. So adults give without having to receive. They give because they have a love for what God wants them to do. And I'm telling you now, accountability leads to maturity, because when you... When you step off the road, your friend should say to you, hey, listen, come back on the road. And they shouldn't, no, back on the road. There we go. Let's, let's carry on. We can't, we can't be those that are so caught up in ourselves that we're unaware of what's going on around us, where people are living and moving and having their being. Leads to maturity. So when must I be Accountable. All the time. We're in a constant battle. Guys, uh, what Johandre is talking about, we live in a, in, a, in a much different society today. But you know what? We face our own problems, and we need to be aware of those things. We live in a battle. We really do. We, we are tempted in ways that those guys weren't. We can have all sorts of uh, things that can cause problems in our life that they wouldn't have had back then. Who should I be accountable to? First of all, God. One, Psalm 139 verse Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Do you get, to, do you get before God on a regular basis and you say, God, search me. Do you do that? Have you done that in the last week? Guys, you're not going to know when Jesus is coming. You're not going to be able to prepare yourself if you're not going before God and saying, Lord, search my heart. I'm, I'm an evil, wicked man. I need you to come and bring change in my life. Who else should you be accountable to? Leaders, friends. The closer, the more accountable. There are some people here that I know better than others, and I'm able to speak into their lives more than what I'm able to those that I don't really know. Because it it, it just makes sense when we build a relationship that the relationship is able to handle the weight of what you... If it's a 10-ton truth, it must be on a 10-ton bridge. You can't put a 10-ton truth on a one-ton bridge. It'll collapse and fall down, and the relationship will be lost. It's just the way it works. There's no shortcuts. Friendships and relationships take many years of building and and working through and going through disappointments together and, and lifting one another up in prayer and just pushing forward into everything that God has for us. We're also accountable to each other. Ephesians 5.21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So how do we do this? I think Nike had the best thing. eh? Just do it. Just do it. But you know what? Some people have to have it carefully explained before they do it. I want to tell you guys, make yourself accountable. If, if you're feeling uncomfortable with what I'm saying now, that means you need to do it. You need to get up. You need to, you need to find somebody and make yourself accountable. It's so funny, as you, as you build a relationship, I, I know with Mossy, and uh, I haven't known him a long time, but we've spent time together, and we're able to speak to one another about stuff. And so uh, it's, the relationship is being built, and I'm able to tell him he's old and I'm young. And he's open to that. Be transparent. Open up your life. Go to someone that, that, that you trust and say, is there anything in my life that you can speak to that I, I need to change? It's scary. Are you struggling with sin, addiction, Character issues from which you want to be free. Find somebody that you trust. If you don't trust anyone, start to build relationally with somebody. Somebody that you can trust. You don't want to go and speak to people about your life story and you don't trust them. If you don't know anyone, I I would suggest going to a leader. Somebody who's developed trust over years in the congregation. When were you last audited? When last did you sit down and somebody say to you, okay, I'm going to, let's chat. Most people are too scared to do that. I'm not in a rush to do it. Are you? I remember when we, we had come down from, from Benoni, and we'd come down and join Josh Jane. Andrew asked us to come down here and we'd handed the church over in Benoni. And Benoni, I was the lead elder, but that wasn't a Josh Jane church. I was the man of power for the hour there. What I wanted to happen, happened. I was like, I, I, I was the, 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 the king on the chess table and I just pushed people around. Accountability to me in Benoni was unheard of. I didn't tell anyone what was going on in my life, but I told them what they must do. And so we came down here. Now, Andrew, he doesn't anymore, but Andrew used to have a method. If anyone knew that he was coming, that he wanted to get sorted out, he'd put them with Russell. So he put me with Russell. <laughs> How many years? Ten years ago. So he put me with Russell. So the first three months were going, A hey, Russell was... Letting me preach. And he was, I was just like, whoa, this is it. So then the one day he says, hey, let's go out for lunch, man. You, me, and Patty and Jenny, let's go out for lunch. So Avery, let's go out for lunch. That sounds good. You paying? Yes, okay. Let's go out for lunch. <laughs> so we sit down. And as this happens to you, you know that you're in trouble. Okay. He says to me, Roland. Have you noticed anything in my life that needs changing? So I'm like, I've only been here three months. I can't tell this way. He's like Andrew's angry sidekick. Uh, I can't tell him anything that needs to change in his life. Not that I knew of anything anyway. So I said, no, Russell, there's, there's no... He says, but I've got this one thing that I want to tell you. I said, whoa. He said to me, Roland, the way that you and Patty speak to each other. Not good enough. He said, maybe you got away with it in Benoni, because the people knew you there, but you've come down to a new congregation, and these people don't know you. And so they don't know what's going on in your life, the way you go and speak to each other. I'm sorry. But that's accountability. That's being audited. Andrew is the most accountable person on earth. On a regular basis with his leadership team. Hey guys, is there anything you see in my and you know what? You can't just know there isn't. He wants to know, is there anything? And then MC is normally at the front of that row and she'll say, And guys, I I, want to encourage you guys to to build relationally, that you're able to speak into one another's lives. What are you going to do about what they tell you? You're just going to carry on regardless or are you going to make the changes? Because if you're not going to change, it's actually a waste of time. If you're not going to make the the different changes that you need to make. And I, I, I want to encourage you guys, start to find someone. If you're not uh, happy with this person, find somebody that you can trust. Are you walking in everything that God has got for you? You know, I, I want to go back to the beginning. You cannot be ready without accountability. Because you can't do it on your own. We all enjoy life too much. Imagine if somebody came five minutes before the end of the Springbok game and said, put the TV off, we're going to pray now. Well, that's what most of us did anyway. (laughs) But can you imagine? Stop this thing now, we're not watching the end. So guys, my my exhortation to you guys is to find yourself in a place where you are ready for the return of Christ. But to get to that place of being ready for his return, we need to find ourselves in accountability with people. We need to come to maturity where we grow up from being babies into becoming adults. We we need to be those that are are, are wanting God's best for ourselves, our friends, our family. I wonder if we could just bow our heads. Maybe this afternoon. You're like that young man I told you about in the beginning. you having a party. Everything is wonderful. Nothing can go wrong. You're living your dream. And Jesus knocks on the door. I want to ask you this, this afternoon, are you ready? Are you ready? And I don't believe you can say you are ready if you haven't got other people telling you that you're ready or you need to adjust or you need to change, you need to be in that place. If you're yeah, this afternoon and you've never made a decision, you, you've, you've, watched the, you've watched what's going on, and, but uh, this afternoon, the Lord is pulling at your heart and he's saying, I want more of you. I want more of you. If you're in that place, This afternoon, I wonder if you'd stick your hand up. I'd love to pray with you.